believe it or not, the last message in the book of Judges. Although sometimes the last, you know, one message stretches over a few weeks. So, But uh, <laughs> it's the last prepared message that I have. Uh, very interesting chapter. A lot of different things in the book of Judges, as, as I'm sure you've noticed. Um, and I'm going to title this Going to Extremes. Um, it seems like, you know, there, there, there were times definitely when the people, they wanted to do what was right. And they, they, uh, they kind of got back on track with that. Um, you know, we're, people are prone to extremes. We really are. Um, and uh, just finding that, that God-led balance in life um, can be an elusive thing. And I didn't know really how to take everything that was going on in this chapter. I, I read through it a few times. I looked at some commentaries, and they were actually quite helpful in, the, in this occasion. I don't always find commentaries helpful, but, but uh, um, you know, they, they, I did, I did uh, glean some insight uh, from, from them. But it was, it was good to see, you know, just that, that process in chapter 20 of them seeking to deal with you know, the sin that was in the land. And, um, you know, we just saw a number of helpful things there, them, them bringing that out into the open. Um, just that, that process, uh, some, some of the parallels we could see of what is needed in repentance. And uh, just bringing sin out in the open, really seeing, you know, the seriousness of it and, and the, the ugliness of sin, not candy-coating that. Um, realizing who our allies are as we seek to deal with sin. We talked about the importance of that. Um, who are the allies and who are the, who's the true enemy, right? Um, and uh, then uh, um, we just uh, talked about some different things about how, you know, the battle is, is not necessarily over in one skirmish, right? And it certainly wasn't here. They, they, there, was, there was a number of battles that had to be fought as... Um, as those that, that did not want, you know, the enemy didn't want this process to, to happen. And, uh, and there were some setbacks. There were some setbacks. And there were some, there were some lingering consequences of, of what they had allowed for so long to be in the land. But then ultimately, uh, there was a victory. And uh, if you look at chapter 20, verse 20, it says... Uh, Uh, actually, 35, verse 35, chapter 20, verse 35. It says, And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed all the Benjamites that day, 25,100 men, all these that drew the sword. And so the Lord ultimately did uh, give that victory there after there had been a number of setbacks. The tragic thing was that, you know, I mean, Benjamin was one of the tribes of Israel. I mean, they were, ideally, they were family, right? They were, they were, part, of, they were part of God's people there. And you could see how, how the sin did, you know, in dealing with the sin, it did, um, it had tragic consequences there. 
um, and there was a big price that was paid. And so that's part of what you have to look at by, you know, by way of parallel is that, you know, if we do harbor sin, um, we can't always, we can't always, even though we're repenting and we're looking to get things right, we can't always erase all the consequences immediately. And, uh, and sometimes we just have to accept, you know, that well, there's there's going to be, there's going to be some a price that has to be paid here. But that the thing of it is, is that sin is such an insidious thing that if we let it, if we let it abide and we let it continue to dwell, it always does more more damage over the long run than what we think is the damage that's done sort of like when we're dealing with it because it can be a painful process and there can be effects that we suffer from it and consequences and uh, you know these are things that are common mankind they're common to mankind and 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 so sometimes we think well it's not worth it it's not worth dealing with it um, it's not worth bringing things to light because it, it can be a painful thing but the thing of it is, is that we underestimate the destruction of, of sin over time in comparison to that. And even how that can affect, you know, uh, environments in which we're in, the people that we have uh, uh, influence over, even sometimes future generations. And so we, we talked about all these things. It was a very interesting uh, study for me in particular. Uh, just because of, of different things that uh, are going on uh, in my life right now and, and, uh, and so on. So, um, but the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel. And, uh, and let's just read the rest of the chapter there. It says, So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten, for the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites, because they trusted unto the liars in wait which they had set beside Gibeah. And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah, and the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. So it's just describing what this particular battle looked like. They 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 did some um, some uh, you know some battle ploys here and ended up using a certain strategy where they had almost like an ambush uh, sort of thing going on. Um, and there was an appointment uh, uh, signed between the men of Israel and the liars in wait that they should make a great flame with the smoke rising out of the city. And when the men of, the, of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill all the men of Israel, about 30 persons, for they said, Surely they are smitten down before us, as in the first battle. So, you know, the, uh, those that they were battling thought they were going to get the best of them again. But when the flame began to rise up out of the city with a, a pillar of smoke, the Benjamins looked behind them, and behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come before them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. And so this was necessary because, you know, Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin was standing in the way of them uh, dealing with Gibeah and, and, uh, and the wickedness that was going on there. So some, some things, you know, they did have to be dealt with. 
Thus they enclosed Benjamins around, chased them, and trod them down with, uh, with ease over against Gibeah towards the sun rising. And there fell of Benjamin 18,000 men. All these were men of valor. So what a heavy price to, to pay there. And they turned and fled uh, towards wilderness unto the rock of Rimnon. They gleaned of them in the highways 5,000 men, pursued hard after them unto, unto, unto Gidom, and slew 2,000 men of them. So that all that fell that day of Benjamin were 25,000 men that drew the sword. All these were men of valor. And so they, these, even though they weren't directly um, from that, the origins of, of, of um, you know, the, the, the sodomy that was going on and the perversion that was going on, they, stand in the way, they, stand, they stood in the way of those that wanted to deal with that. All right? And so that was part of the dynamics of, of what was happening uh, within Israel. So that, that's one thing. But then it says, so that all which fell that day were 25,000, verse 46. But then it says, but 600 men turned and fled to the wilderness unto the rock remnant and abode in the rock remnant for months. Now look, the, 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 this war is over now. All right, the point had been made. Um, you know, things have been dealt with. The, these, these, they weren't a threat anymore. I mean, these were people of the family here. Um, now they're just basically they're just licking their wounds. They've run. They're they're just they're just finding a, trying to find a safe harbor. And it just seems like we see here now sort of like the, the classic overkill, uh, to use you know manner of speaking. Uh, but it says, and the men of Israel turned again again upon the children of Benjamin, and smote them with the edge of the sword. Now they're no longer resisting. You know, they're no longer in the way. They're no longer a threat, right? But they go and they, they hunt them down and they smote them with the edge of the sword as well as the men of every city as the beasts and all that came to hand and also they uh, set on fire all the cities that came to. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan, um, one of the, the, the comments that I read here, said, says, um, uninstructed zeal, even in the cause of righteousness, often goes beyond its proper limits. And um, I was thinking of a verse in the New Testament that says, that says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit Giveth life. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, um, there is liberty. And I know in my life, uh, there has been times where I've gone beyond the spirit of the stand that God definitely called me to take, and I went more on the letter of it, and it caused it caused damage. I remember one time. I could probably think of a lot of examples of this because it's, a, it's, it's hard balances to find. But, um, you know, we were really emphasizing one particular church. Well, I was, I was pastoring a church, and we were emphasizing modesty and biblical principles of modesty. And it seems like I just, I mean, we've just done some messages on that, you know, just to, 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 to try to be encouragement, you know, to, 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 to the ladies in particular, but the men as well, and their thought lives, and, 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 and ladies, how they could help their brothers, and Christ, just all those principles of, you know, uh, of modesty in that regard. And, 
And then right after that, it seemed like it was almost like just on purpose. There was some things that were like blatantly immodest. <laughs> and I just remember getting a pretty bad spirit about that. And then right on the heels of that, the ladies asked if they could use the gym to have like an exercise time together. Which is fine. I mean, I, I, to this day, I look back and I think, I think, you know, why did I react this way? But, you know, I, I, was, I, I started thinking, okay, if they're not even going to listen to the messages on, on modesty that were just given, and if they're going to be blatantly, you know, almost making a point against that, then no. I'm not going to use the gym to have an exercise class. And I, look, I, like, I like took that stand, right? Well, you know that that actually ended up being a thing that festered for maybe even like years after that. It was an unnecessary stand. You see what I'm saying? It was like the letter of it, and I was, I was using the letter of what had been given to kind of like pummel the people at that point. And I don't know, I, I thought of a bunch of different illustrations. I thought, ah, uh, some of them I'd probably use, some of them I wouldn't. But we're just prone, we're prone many times to, to, to extremes. And the spirit of what God calls us to, it'll, it'll, it'll produce in us a sense of liberty. You know, there, there's times when, when I know that I'm going on the letter of something, I don't have liberty. Like, I did not have peace in my heart towards those ladies. You see what I'm saying? The law of kindness was not there. The royal law of love was not to be found. Okay? And really, that was, that's everything that, that governs, if we want to talk about that illustration of modesty, that's everything that governs those principles. Right? Love and kindness and consideration. And, and so, I was going by the letter of that, and then when, I was when it became an irritant to me, I took the letter of it and I, and I imposed, you know, things that I could rightfully do because, I mean, if I want to look at it just on that grounds, I was the pastor and the overseer and all that kind of stuff, so I guess, you know, I, I could say that I could do that. But it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right stand. Um, there's so many illustrations, but let's read, now, now we go into this passage here in chapter 21. And in chapter 21, it says here, um, Now the men of Israel had sworn in Mizpah. Now this is back where they had this gathering when they first brought the sin out from Gibeah. They talked to the, the, um, the Levite, and he described what had happened to his concubine. So they had this calendar. And, and, and so the men of Israel had sworn in Mizpah, saying, There shall not any of us give his daughter unto Benjamin to wife. And so they had made a, you know, because Benjamin was not with them at this point, they said, you know what? From this point on, we don't care what happens. There's none of us from the rest of the 11 tribes that are ever going to let our daughters marry somebody from that sorry tribe. And it was just, a, it was overcompensation. It was overcompensation. 
And it was going to, you know, the reason why you can see this developing now from this point on, because they now had become, what they had become is they had become harsh and vindictive. All right? Now look, this is, this is, this is, what, this is what happens. I know because I've seen it in my own heart. Is we see something that clearly isn't right. And we see something that we, we believe, you know, is a, that we need to, what do you say, take a stand on. And, you know, Bible-believing churches, it becomes very important to us, right? We want to obey everything that God's Word says. And we want to do things what's right. And we want to follow, you know, good principles through everything. But what happens is if we don't keep the right spirit in it, we become harsh in our stance. And we might even become vindictive in, in, in our approach. Um, man, you know, like, I've had situations where, and it's usually people that don't really know your heart. Because, you know, if somebody, when somebody, they spend time with you, they're, they're your friend, they know you're for them, you're for, you, know, you want to honor the Lord, they, uh, they won't have the same... Um, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, there's a lot of times in, in Bible-believing circles, I've had men just be very harsh, be very harsh, because they don't think that you're seeing things the way they are. And, and when, they, when they feel like you're standing against them, you know, they lash out based upon the fact that they stand on truth and, uh, and they're going to they're gonna blast anybody who doesn't. Um, and it's, it's overcompensation. We can stand on what is right and keep the, the spirit of that without killing with the letter of it. Without killing with the letter of it. And, uh, and so... Um, Considering their anger against Benjamin, it probably seemed like the right thing to do at that time. You know, the, to make this, this, this vow that they would never, under any circumstances, ever have one of their, you know, their, their daughters marry a Benjamin. But was the fact that generally Benjamin, whoever the leaders of the tribe of Benjamin were, were standing against them trying to deal with Gibeah, did that mean that every one of their daughters or every one of their sons was a bad guy? That there can never be a godly son out of them that can marry their... I mean, that's, that's going to be a hard stand to take the rest of their life, right? And that's how you know. That's how I know sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm overstepping the spirit of what God's called me to, and you look at the at the, the, the you know the implications of that is that is that something that's going to hold water over time, and so they, but they'd made this vow there, and it probably did seem like this the right thing to do at that time. One com, one commentator said this: justice not only brings punishment to evildoers, but it also guards against punishment that is too harsh, and and. The, 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 the pursuit of Benjamin's now, now that had been beaten and were just trying now to survive and, 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 and just kind of regroup just for survival, to hunt them down and kill them at this point, what they were basically, they were extinguishing part of their own family. 
This is one of the tribes of Israel. <laughs> they were going to extinguish a whole tribe at this point. And then, you know, if that wasn't going to, all right, like if any of those guys survive, we're not going to allow them to, to marry any of our women, so maybe they'll be extinguished that way. It became harsh and became, became vindictive. Um, and then there's, there was obvious, so I, I put overcompensation, then obvious conundrums that came from that. If you, if you follow along in verse 2, it says, And the people came to the house of God and abode there till even, uh, even before God and lifted out their voices and wept sore. So generally speaking, I mean, these people, they, they did want to do us right. It's not like they, they weren't trying to honor God. It's just... It said, and said, O Lord, God of Israel, why is this come to pass in Israel that there should be um, today one tribe lacking in Israel. So now they're, try- they're, they're, they're starting to see this now, and they're thinking, wow, you know, how did it get to this point? How did it get to this point? What, we're, we're actually seeing now the severity of this where there's going to be a whole tribe lacking now. How did it come to this? Well, it's coming to this because they're not dealing with things in a balanced man- uh, manner at this point. And it came to pass... Um, on the morrow that the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And so they're working through it. They're, 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 they're trying to, you know, uh, to figure this out. And the children of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel that came not up with the congregation unto the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning him that came not up to the Lord uh, to Mizbah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. Now look at this. See, see the... Uh, they are trying to work through things. They're trying to, you know, to, to, to figure it all out. But they haven't gotten rid of this, this spirit of harshness yet. It was great that they dealt with sin. But sometimes when we get really good at dealing with sin, we become very harsh in our stance and our approach. So now they're thinking, oh, hey, you know what? Who was it that didn't show up to Mizpah? When we had that time when we got together, we were going to do what's right. We decided that we were going to deal with this thing. Um, who else didn't show up? Who else can we take care of here, right? And, uh, and the children of Israel re- repented them for Benjamin, their brother, and said, There is one tribe cut off from Israel this day. Um, it, but we had said that, you know, that those that didn't show up in Mizpah, that he should surely be put to death. How shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing we have a swarm uh, by the Lord that we will not give them of our daughters to wives? And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel that came not out to Mizpah to the Lord? And behold, there came none of the camp from Jabesh Gilead to the, the assembly. We remember there was nobody from Jabesh Gilead there. For the people were numbered, and before, behold, there were none of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead. Now I want you to see here how... It goes from overcompensation to obvious conundrums that arise that didn't, wouldn't have to be that way, then to ongoing complications where you have to do this in order to take care of this, you have to do this in order to take care of this, and, and everything just becomes a lot more um, complicated, right? Um, and that's the way it is in life so many times. When things become overly complicated, a lot of times it's because of our own approach. It's like in that first time, that first church I was pastoring. 
if I'd have kept things more simple in my approach, if I'd have kept, you know, just, I mean, preaching what was right, continuing to say, you know, these are the things that, that we need to, to think about and to, to, to look to God's Word to, let's, let's, let's join hearts together to please the Lord, you know, let's continue to work together. Just keep it a very simple approach. When I started taking on my own spirit and my own approach, that's where things started, the wheels started wobbling, right? And that's where things started getting more and more complicated. And that's where I felt like uh, I had to do this in order to compensate for that. I had to, you know, and, 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 it, and it became a lot more um, than what it needed to be. And so now they're saying, who was it that didn't show up? Now look what they do here. For the people were numbered, and behold, there were none of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead there, uh, verse 9, and verse 10. And the congregation sent in, uh, thither 12,000 men of the valiantest and commanded them, saying, Go and smite the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword with women and children. And this is the thing that ye shall do. Ye shall utterly destroy every male and every woman that hath lain by man. And they found among the inhabitants of, of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins that had known no man by lying with any males, and they brought them unto the camp of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Now, you're still talking about you know, people that were God's people, and they were saying, okay, these guys didn't bother showing up, so we're going to justify destroying them now. We're going to justify doing that, and we're going to kill all of them, all the men and all the women who have been with men, and we're just going to save alive this certain number of, of virgins. You think, what is going on here? What are they scheming? Well, you'll see in just a minute. How many of you know the passage, what they're scheming here? All right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and so the whole, uh, um, the whole congregation, verse 13, sent some to speak to the children of Benjamin that were in the rock remnant and to call peaceably unto them. And Benjamin came again at that time, and they gave them wives, which they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead, and yet so they sufficed them not. And the people repented them for Benjamin, because that the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. So this is their way now of, uh, of getting around, you know, instead of just saying, look, you know, we made a foolish vow. We made us fool. We took the stand too far. We just need to swallow our pride and say, you know, Lord, we should have never, it really wasn't our place to, to say, that never would any of our you know, daughters marry these men. Um, so now they're scheming, and they're trying to make it all fit together, and it's just all of, of, of the, the, uh, the heart of man. And, uh, and, and so the elders of the congregation said, How shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing that the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for them that escaped of Benjamin, that a tribe shall uh, be not destroyed out of Israel. Howbeit we may now give them wives of our daughters, right? Because they said they, they wouldn't. They never would. For the children of Israel had sworn, uh, saying, Cursed be, uh, be he that giveth a wife to Benjamin. Then they said, Behold, there is a feast of the Lord in Shiloh yearly in a place that is on the north side of Bethel, on the east side of the highway. It goeth up from Bethel to Shechem and on the south of Lebanon. There's always a feast there. Therefore they commanded the children of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards. Okay, you surviving men, um, go at this certain place at this certain time and wait, wait there in the vineyard and see, behold, if the daughters of Shiloh come out and dance and dances, then come ye out of the vineyards and catch you every man his wife of the daughters of Shiloh and go to the land of Benjamin. 
So they're going to kind of like do like a seven brides for seven brothers that thing here, right? Going to go in town and get them a wife, right? And, and, but they're not, <laughs> they're doing it in such a way that they, they can save face, right? We didn't break our vow. We still kept our, you know, our, 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 our stand, but they said, we'll do it this way. We'll have the women there that we kept alive, and they're going to be at this party, and, and uh, they're going to be at this celebration, and we're going to tell the surviving Benjamin Mike guys, hey, look, there just may be a bunch of women there. <laughs> and, and if there are, you know, each one of you go get one uh, for a wife. Okay? And uh, so that's how they, they, they took care of that little conundrum. Um, and it shall be when their fathers, verse 22, or their brethren come unto us to complain, that we will say unto them, Be favorable unto them for our sakes, because we reserve not uh, uh, to each man his wife in the war. For ye did not give unto them at this time that ye uh, should, be found, should be guilty. And the children of Benjamin did so and took them wives according to the numbers of them that danced whom they caught. And they went and returned unto their inheritance and repaired their cities and dwelt in them. And the children of Israel departed thence at that time, every man to his tribe and to his family. And they went out from thence, every man to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel. This is what it ends with here. This, this glorious um, state of affairs in Israel at that time which has been shown over and over again through so many strange scenarios. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, as Christians, we do not want to do what's right in our own eyes. We, we, we know that. And, uh, um, and, and so that's a wonderful place to be. But with that having been said, um, when we don't want to do what's right in our own eyes, we want to do what's right in God's eyes. When we follow His ways, Let's purpose to do so in a spirit in which is going to continue to truly honor Him and to truly be what's you know, uh, uh, best for the, for the family of God. To be careful about not being destructive uh, within our ranks unnecessarily. And then also, um, you know, to not make commitments that are beyond what God's Word is says to the point where we end up getting... Look, I find, I find that when I take a stand that isn't really a Bible stand, it gets, in, in, it gets me into scenarios that it's almost like no-win situations. I find that in pastoring. And at that point, I either have to say, you know, what I should have done, what I should have done is I should have gotten all those ladies together some way, with my wife there, whatever, and said, you know, the Lord loves you. I love you. Um, I've, I, had, I had the wrong spirit in this. And uh, how can we pick it up from here and move forward together? Let's pray together. Let's, let's find a solution to this. You know, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Um, and I, I, have, I have a number of regrets uh, from my, my first pastor. It's kind, of, it's kind of like my, you know, my first love in that regard. I have a number of regrets uh, for that. Things that, that I wish now I'd done differently. Lord's good, and He doesn't, you know, He doesn't uh, kick us to the curb. And uh, uh, but at the same time, let's just be sensitive to His Spirit in all situations. Let's take Bible stands. Let's do what's right. Let's 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 do what we know God wants us to do. But let's do it um, when we take the Bible stand the Bible way. It will 
work to the glory of God. It really will. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And, uh, and Lord, thank you for our church.